With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. My fellow animal advocates, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm your host, Marie Hewlett, and I hope you are all enjoying your weekend so far. You know, leisure days give us the perfect opportunity to have fun with our pets, and one of the coolest things I've ever seen folks do with their dogs is urban mushing. Now, if you're not familiar with this activity, we have spoken about it on the show before, and I've invited one of our guests back to tell you some really interesting things about it. It's Mark Chouette, and he'll be joining us shortly. Then after our halftime break, Aaron Reyes from L.A. County Animal Care and Control will be stopping by to remind everyone about basic safety measures to take when it comes to living with urban coyotes. These critters make the news almost every day, and education is really the key to preventing any kind of negative interaction, so you won't want to miss a word of what Aaron says. As always, it's a pet place episode you won't want to miss, so get comfy, grab a cup of coffee, call your pets to you, and we'll get started after a very quick station message here on AM 1260. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show here on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett, and joining me now is our old friend Mark Schutte from DogPoweredScooter.com. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Uh, how are you doing, Marie? I'm doing really well, and, and we were just talking about how here on the weekend you can do some fun things with your pets that you don't really have a lot of time for on the weekdays, and one of the things we were talking about is urban meshing or uh, or going along with your pet with your bike or your scooter and and I know that you've developed and and you're working with some great uh, products that allow people to have this fun activity. Uh, yeah, you know I saw how we normally have our dogs pull us and how we normally road work our dogs and all of those seem to be pretty unsafe. So I put some thought into it and developed a new system that uh, uses a more stable vehicle to start with, which would be like a kick scooter okay. or uh, a recumbent trike, a three-wheeler. Oh, okay, okay. And then this has some sort of hardware that keeps your pet a safe distance from all the moving parts? Yeah, yeah. Instead of just a flexible line that we normally use, uh, mine's a little more hardware-intensive. It, it has an outrigger bar, which goes over the top of the dog and down the outside of the dog. And then the dog is clipped into that on both sides of the dog. So oh, okay. So it holds the dog in place, 
uh, and he can't really, there's a little bit of slack in there, but he can't really turn his shoulders a whole lot. So he can't really apply any side load. He can't really pull you over to the side. All he can do is go forward. Okay. So okay. It's, it's a nice, small, concise little uh, footprint, and it's very safe, and um, it allows the rider to do, you know, any or all of the work at any time, but it also is strong enough to allow the dog, dog to pull and mush, and that's, that's like a whole new sport there. Wow, that's pretty cool. Now, what made you decide to start looking into this and marketing this? Did you have a bad experience at some point where you were riding your bike with your dog and it ran in front of you or anything like that? Uh, you know, luckily I have not, but I've seen several of those. Uh-huh. And that is what sort of got me thinking about doing things a better way, particularly for us that live in the, or live in the urban environment. Mm-hmm. There's lots of distraction and cars, and, you know, you can't really let your dog off leash at all. Um, and you need a nice small little footprint, and you need a more precise steering control. Okay. So that's sort of the initial concept is to put the dog in the rear or alongside of these rigs and not out in front. Okay, that's So makes the dog sense. is behind the steering wheel okay. in all of my rigs. All right. And what kind of reaction? Have you been getting some uh, cool stories from people who have been using these? Uh, good response. Um, I'm even getting some uh, humane societies and rescues that are interested in getting... Uh, a rig to exercise their homeless dogs. Wow. Uh, and this gives them a, a nice little skill, that marketable skill, that that should help them get adop- adopted faster, and it exercises those dogs, which, um, That's which really can important. be a real uh, plus, I mean, in terms of eliminating behavioral problems and just making those dogs sort of satisfied and, and with being alive instead of sort of frustrated. Oh, sure. You know, when dogs get out and they get active and they can burn off all that extra energy, they're less likely to get in trouble when they're at home or yeah. if you're at work. I mean, you could take your dog out for a nice uh, romp like this before you head off to work, and they're going to come home, and they're just going to relax and be happy and, and not you know, dig up everything and chew up everything and yeah. <laughs> tear your couch apart or, or whatever. Oh, yeah. That's well, yeah, they really listen to you more mm-hmm. and and they bond with you more because you are the key to their their pleasure, which is, you know, running and being outside and moving and And doing it together. Dogs don't yeah. just like to go out I know a lot of people just put their dogs out in the backyard and say, you know, go run around for a while and what the dogs do is they sit right by the the door <laughs> waiting uh-huh. to come back in because they don't want to go out without you. Yeah. So if you're out there doing something active with them, it's like, woohoo! the pack is all together and we're having fun. And right, they love that exploration mm-hmm. and hunting and, and, and experiencing new places. And um, the, that makes them feel alive. Definitely, and I know a lot of people who have dogs have dogs that are way more active than they are. I know I've had dogs that when we go out for a walk, it's clear 
I'm not walking fast enough for them. And even if I go for a jog, they're still kind of looking at me like, really, is this the best you can oh, do? Uh, I see that all the time, the, the the owner's jogging with the dogs, but the dog has a really tight leash because he wants to run. Yeah, so and if you have something like this, they can really go. Right, the dog pretty much sets the pace with this. You can help at any time, but... Mm-hmm. Um, you can really just let the dog set the pace, and then he can, you know, he can gallop and pull when he wants to. It's sort of an ebb and flow when he's motivated, and then, you know, when he when he calms down a little bit, he'll settle down into a trot. Okay. Uh, and actually, all of these rigs are very stable, even though the dog's at a walk. Okay. Um, so you can really go anywhere with these things. You can go off-road on mountain bike trails. Or you can take it right downtown on busy sidewalks to the coffee shop. Wow. Um, it really takes up no more room, at least the scooter, than a person with a dog on a leash. Okay. Um, and are they pretty maneuverable? Is there a learning curve? Um, it, uh, from my experience, about half the dogs get it in one session. Okay. It's, it's that side-to-side restriction that can be the spookiest part. But once they realize that the window of opportunity and escape is forward, mm-hmm. uh, then then they get it and relax and and are fine with it. Now, how about um, for the human? Is there any kind of learning curve there? Is it not difficult really? To no, steer? because the, the dog actually adds to the stability of of the rigs. Um, Okay, and braking, let's say you're on a steep downhill, do we have any concerns there? Yeah, yeah, both the scooter and the trike have really good brakes. Um, The trike has especially good brakes because it's got two front wheels, and uh, it's like a little dog-powered car. Wow. Um, And usually they have disc brakes up on the front, so... um, Okay. Now, your website, dogpoweredscooter.com, do you have pictures of what all the different models look like? Yeah, yeah. These are generally, you know, existing products. It's, you know, commercially available scooter, kick scooters, adult-sized kick scooters, and recumbent tadpole trikes. The tadpole means it's got two wheels in the front. Okay. Uh, So those are commercially available. Um, I do sell a line of scooters, but I can fit others. Uh, But generally, the customer has to get their own trike, and those things range from around $1,000 on up. Okay. Um, So you get your own... But then I fit the dog system uh, to their scooter or trike. Okay, so is this something, do they have to send you their scooter or trike, or is... No. Okay, they just give you all the specs of what they have. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I have the fit for, you know, several of each type of rig, but sometimes I can, if they just send me pictures and a few measurements, I can just do it over the Internet. But there are a few, mainly trikes, that I cannot fit because... They have sort of a convoluted frame, unless okay. they ship the trike to me. But so someone needs to contact you and oh, yeah, work out all the details. Because I need to find okay. out about the dog and where they, what kind of terrain they want to go in. And so do you measure for the dog as well? Then uh, generally, the, the the rigs are vertically adjustable, so they fit most large and medium-sized dogs. Okay, and you probably um, wouldn't be doing this with a Chihuahua. 
Well, no, but, you know, I have done a few systems for the scooter with some of the small dogs, small oh, okay. high-energy dogs like Jack Russells and Boston Terriers, okay. uh, mini Australian Shepherds. So I can scale the outrigger bars down uh, for the tiny dogs. You just need more of them. I mean, they actually have almost more energy than the bigger dogs. Okay. But, but they just need more weight, so you just add dogs. Well, can you put more than one dog on yeah. a scooter? Or a yeah, the scooters actually, I I can fit with these little small dogs. I can probably fit four on there easily. Oh, wow. Generally, <laughs> three is sort of my limit. Yeah, and then with the trike, two is my limit. Okay. But, you know, there's even some trikes that are, are tandem trikes. They have one person behind the other. Mm-hmm. And uh, those, because they're much longer, I could easily fit four dogs on those, and then oh. you'd have a you'd have a rig you'd that have could go cross country. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you could camp. It'd be so much fun. Wow, that does sound like fun. And do you have any videos on your website? Or yeah, yeah, my customers have been sending me in videos. Oh, how cool! Um, so they're always fun, and then you can always search YouTube for some videos. Okay. Uh, and um, you know, I've I've sold around two thousand now, and I've never wow. had a, a report of any injury to dog or rider. So. Oh, that's so cool! Um, and I've even been doing a few for some handicapped folks, like okay. some uh, war veterans. Um, and uh, so, and I love doing that because. Many of them already have a service dog, uh-huh. um, and others sometimes get a dog. And it just really, I think, improves the quality of their life. I know it raises their spirits oh, definitely. and gives them a hobby that they can do. Oh, that is wonderful. Mark, on dogpoweredscooter.com, do you have an array of models and prices and all that, or is it just you know one it's price It's basically for just one scooter. Okay. I, I've seen and tried many of the scooters on the market, and there's just sort of one that that I prefer and, and, and is the best value, and that's the one that I sell. And and how much roughly is that? Um, with the single dog attachment, it ends up being about $580. Okay. And that includes the shipping. Okay, um, and that's all over uh, the United States? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. I get, I get calls and inquiries from all over the world, and, but usually the shipping is very expensive wow. to ship the scooter, which is the heaviest part. But I uh-huh. can just send the dog system okay. if they can buy a scooter locally. All right. Wow. So. Well, Mark, I always encourage the Pet Place listeners to be active with their pets, and I think dog-powered scooters are really the way to go. They sound like loads of fun for people and pets everywhere. So thanks for coming by this morning and reminding everyone about urban mushing. Oh, you bet. Thank you very much for having me. We need to take a quick pet place break now, but don't go away. Aaron Reyes from L.A. County Animal Care and Control has some important tips on how to live safely with urban coyotes. So stay tuned to AM 1260, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. I'm very pleased to welcome our longtime Pet Place friend of the show, Erin Reyes from L.A. County Animal Care and Control. Good morning, Erin. Good morning, Marie. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, and congratulations on your new uh, position. 
thank you. I'm uh, you know I'm across town now, but still doing what I love to do, and that's uh, you know help animals mm-hmm. and help the community at the same time. So yeah, animal people can never leave once they get started. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Gotta stay with it in some way. Yep. <laughs> so true. And, you know, I know you've got uh, a lot on your plate now, but one of the things that has really been making the news and having animal people hopping all over the place is the coyote issue in urban areas. And I'm wondering, how are things going in L.A. County with that? Well, it certainly is a, a topic of uh, of concern and discussion. Uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, over the last, uh, you know, probably three, four years, really, it, it certainly seems like coyote calls, coyote inquiries, uh, have been on the increase, and and it uh, you know you've got residents that uh, you've, you've got both sides of the uh, of the argument. Um, fortunately, a lot of residents that that agree with our position uh, here at the Department of Animal Care and Control, and that is uh, you know to coexist with urban wildlife. I'm and, glad to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean coyotes are. Uh, you know they're natural wildlife, and they're they're just trying to survive along with us. Now we, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this later in the interview. But there, you know, there's certain uh, things that coyotes do, like you know, they need to eat, and mm-hmm. they're not, you know, and they don't realize necessarily if you know there's a if there's a domestic cat in the in the neighborhood, you know, they don't realize that that cat's got a name and belongs to somebody. Right. And, you know, so it uh, it is. It's a it's a topic of discussion. We get calls. Uh, daily on it uh, from our jurisdictions, and um, you know we're happy to take the time to uh, to discuss coexistence with uh, folks in Los Angeles County. Well, that's great. You know, the thing that really upsets me is that when somebody has an issue with a coyote, for example, it it uh, attacks or or eats their pet cat, they immediately want all the coyotes eradicated even though the coyotes have probably been running around in their neighborhood for a long time. It's just they happen to notice when their their beloved pet is taken as prey. And when people make enough noise, a lot of times city and county officials will buckle and they'll set traps and they'll, they'll go ahead and they'll eradicate some coyotes to placate the people who are making all the noise. And I think that's just the wrong method for so many reasons. You know, I agree with that, and I and I think uh, one of the reasons why those decisions are made is because, um, you know, the, the folks that are making those decisions might not necessarily have the same in-depth understanding that, let's say, we do at mm-hmm. the Department of Animal Care and Control, or yourself, you know, a longtime animal advocate, and it doesn't mean that we're not about public safety it you know it doesn't mean that that we certainly don't don't hear and and empathize with people mm-hmm. um you know and their concerns but just what it does mean is is you know we can't necessarily take these drastic um you know responses or measures to uh, to an incident that happened you know involving natural wildlife let me you know, I saw on the on the television news the other day uh and if I could share this with you I thought it was the cutest thing up near San Bernardino, right by the foothills there somewhere. Um, this doesn't involve a coyote, but it does involve a bear. Oh, a, I heard about that. Did you hear about that? That it was like a teenage girl. She was, you know, maybe fourteen. She was home doing her homework. It was evening time, and her dad was at work. 
and this bear just opened the kitchen window mm-hmm. and climbed on in and went into the refrigerator, and of course he's smelling food, you know. And she walks in thinking, oh, Dad's home, and she sees it as a bear and just screams and bolts upstairs and calls her dad, and her dad called the sheriff's department. But I guess the bear got just as scared as she did, and the bear left. But it was so interesting to see or to listen to her comments after that bear had left, you know, their their home. She was very and eloquent. I was very proud of her. Was it? I was so proud of that young lady because she says, well, you know, nobody got hurt, and I'm so glad that he was able to run off and be where he needs to be, and that's out in the wild. I mean, she didn't, there was no resentment. She didn't overreact, and, you know, I'm just, I, 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 love, to, I love to hear it when, when young people uh, have that type of uh, compassion and empathy for, for natural wildlife, and coyotes, you know, fit into that category. Right, and a lot of people think, well, we live in neighborhoods, there's developments everywhere, the coyotes should just be rounded up, and taken out to the forest that exists somewhere where all coyotes can run and be happy. <laughs> yeah, I, you know. <laughs> yeah, they don't realize that there is no such magical place to take all these guys, and if you did uproot them and deposit them somewhere else, they wouldn't do very well. They wouldn't do well, and the reason why is because Mother Nature has already put them where they need to be. Exactly. And if your little pets are kept safe and sound where they need to be, for example, kitties should be indoor pets, which we always advocate here on the Pet Place. Absolutely. I have never heard of an occasion where an indoor cat has been eaten by a coyote. I'm with you there. I second that. (laughs) Your cat can't be hit by a car. It can't be attacked by a dog. It can't get contagious diseases. It can't get picked up by people who uh, steal animals for terrible things. I mean, it's safe indoors, and as a responsible pet owner, that's where your cat needs to be. Well, you know, since we're talking about that, you know, one of the biggest concerns that I've always had, especially working in this field, is that there are bats that come out at night and and they're doing their thing. They're part of the ecosystem mm-hmm. and, you know, eating smaller insects, et cetera. And when you leave your cat outside, I mean, bats sometimes, they get sick, they, you know, will crash into a telephone pole or whatever, a sign, and then they hit the ground. You know, and they're high rabies suspects. And I don't know about you, but I would not feel comfortable with my cat interacting with a bat, you know, mm-hmm. that's injured on the sidewalk, and Absolutely. and then heading home and and jumping in bed with my with one of my kids to, you know, to go to sleep. I mean, sure. and that's really and that and you know, bats are natural wildlife. I mean, they're out there doing their thing. So so another reason to to keep our domestic cats safe and sound inside the house. Absolutely. And I know I've heard about dogs that have been attacked uh, while being walked on leashes. But I think the thing that's going on here that we rarely hear on the news is that people use those extendo leashes that go way, way out beyond where the person actually is. So their dog could be many, many feet in front of them, which makes it appear that they've strayed from the pack They're small, and they're easy to get to in the eyes of a predator. So even though they're on a leash, a coyote doesn't really see it that way. So people should be using the legal length, which is six feet, 
and keep their dogs in control right next to them when they're out walking, especially when they're walking in areas where we know coyotes to be. Absolutely, and it keeps them safer, too, because sometimes uh, dogs will stray into the street. You know, mm-hmm. they, they may be trained, be very disciplined, but, you know, they see something on the other side or whatever that just, and they have a lapse and they decide to bolt into the street. If you've got your dog right next to you on a leash that's six feet or less, being held by a competent person, mm-hmm. as the law states, um, your dog will be safe. But you're right, if it's on an extendo leash that's, you know, 150 feet long, you're really <laughs> taking a chance, you know. Yeah. It's, like, why yeah, even use you. a leash if you're going to be using that? Yeah, your dog is like a kite at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Dog on a kite. <laughs> exactly. It's my doggy kite. You know, also, too, Marie, I think that, you know, what's interesting about coyotes is, um, you know, more have been seen out during the daylight hours mm-hmm. lately, or so it seems. That mm-hmm. seems to be a... Um, a, a, a topic when, when folks call in and they're reporting coyotes that, you know, they're actually out during the daylight hours. And also, of course, these um, dogs that are on leashes being attacked by coyotes. I think one thing to remember as well is that the younger coyotes, you know, those that are, you know, in their, let's just call them, you know, the, the latter teen years, if you will. The adolescents. You know, the adolescents. There you go. I mean, they do stuff like that because they don't necessarily know. You know, so they're they're more prone to behaving, you know, in a manner that's not necessarily, you know, consistent with their with their elderly ancestors. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you have to realize that as well. That you know, they're you know, uh, it could be a younger one that just is, hasn't quite got it down yet, and you know, it. Uh, so we, you know, we just need to be understanding and patient, but certainly take steps to. Uh, you know, to make sure that we keep ourselves safe, our pets safe, our children safe, and, you know, keep our homes unattractive to coyotes so they can go, you know, do their business elsewhere. Absolutely. Erin, you always bring such great information to the Pet Place, and I'm, I'm sure the county probably has a lot of online information about this, too. And I want to thank you again for spending some time with us today to remind everybody about safety with coyotes. It's time to take our last break of the morning, but when we return, be ready for Pet Place news and events here on AM 1260. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place news and events. For everyone who loves bunnies out there, the Big Bunny Expo that we've all been waiting for is here today from noon to 5 p.m. at the Bunny Bunches Rescue Facility called The Burrow. It's located at 4601 Brook Street in Montclair, and admission is free. Come see the beautiful adoptable bunnies, chinchillas, and guinea pigs, and listen to a special seminar by veterinarian and bunny expert Dr. Sari Kanfer. If you have a bunny already, free nail trims are being offered. There will also be a bunny photo contest, a huge silent auction and raffle, and the Hop Cafe will offer refreshments and goodies to eat. The Benny Bunch Boutique will be selling unique toys, treats, supplies, and gift items for people and their pets. For more information about today's big event, contact the Benny Bunch at 909-626-3946 
or visit www.bennybench.org. And don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org and send us your comments or suggestions. That's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend here on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please stay or new to your pets and have a wonderful day. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.